time. Someone say dating tips. Dating tips. Dating tips. Going to jump right in. Y'all ready? Yeah. All right. So I, I got three tips for singles and three tips for married individuals. And, and so I pray that this is an encouragement to you. Um, whenever we, we talk about dating, especially in the culture, um, it's a very gray area. And I think it's gray because the Bible is not black and white in the matter of dating. It's really a, and in, 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 in terms of terms, the word dating is a relatively modern concept or idea. Um, in the days of Christ and even before, there was no such thing as dating. It was you were single, you were engaged or betrothed, and then you were married. And so engagement and marriage was one and the same in the days of Christ and in the days of Abraham. And a lot of those marriages were arranged. And so there are pros and cons to that, but uh, in terms of context, that's just what it was. But it also lets us know the mind and the heart of God. God doesn't really want your heart to be played around with too much. So if he okayed for people to be single and then to jump into engagement and to marriage, there's something there that I think we just got to lean into. Um, and when God is silent on a matter, this is just pro tip, the devil is very loud on a matter. So where God is silent, Satan is loud. Let's go. And, and he pushes and he nudges and he forces. And so uh, right now, a lot of the cultural context of dating has been defined by the culture. And we'll get a little bit into that here in about five minutes. Okay, but I'm going to go ahead and give you three tips. Someone say three tips. Three tips. Three tips for singles, but don't check out on me. Teenagers, lean into this. Take notes like you're in school. I know y'all take notes like crazy in school, so bring that, <laughs> bring that into church and take some notes. If you're not taking notes, go ahead and write this down. Number one, get to know them well. Get to know them well when you're single. All right, uh, before my wife crossed over into vocational ministry, she was a nurse. And so she met this graduate nurse, and I would say after about the second shift that, that she worked with her, second, two days, just two days, and it, it blew my mind. She, she came home, and she said, babe, I met this young lady. She didn't say, I think, or I believe, or I assume. She said, babe, she's going to move with us to Maryland to start Highlight Church. And I'm like, pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. I mean, she did move. With, her, her name is Sam. Can we give it up for Sam? So that graduate nurse was, was Sam. And so my wife was right. But in terms of dating, majority of the time, you're not right about it. So I, I just wanted to encourage her to let's get to know her well. And let's get to know her husband well. And it's just important that we don't, as single people, you don't dive in too soon. You want to you want to slow it down. Second Corinthians, this is Paul. So we've been in the book of Corinth all series. Paul says this to the church. He says, "We are careful not to judge people by what they seem to be." Yeah. As a follower of Christ, it is vital that you live life with discernment. Yeah. Right? You you know how to navigate the right and the wrong. And the Holy Spirit gives us discernment. The Holy Spirit gives us what we would call it today is intuition or instinct. It's, it's, it's important that you don't, you don't jump the gun. So Paul says we're not going to 
we're not going to judge people by what they seem like. A lot of people are right now stuck in marriages. They're stuck in marriages because of an interpretation of their partner years before the current situation that they're in. There's this interpret. You thought they were some way, but they turned out to be another way. And now that you're married, you feel stuck because of tradition, because of religion, because of your community. You feel stuck. Um, We're not going to judge people by if they seem to be bad. They might be the best thing that could ever happen to your life. But we're not going to. We're going to get to know them well. So instead of judging too soon, we're, we're, going, to, we're going to slow it down. Someone say slow it down. Slow we're going to take some time and, and get to know them. Good. All right. And so here are a few things that you just want to jot down. Uh, you need to know their interest. Right. What are they interested in? This is important. And I think technology is muddying this up a little bit. Like oh, yeah. you can now stalk your exes and, and oh. uh-oh, hold on. <laughs> Don't say that too loud, sister. We don't want to know your business. <laughs> just, just say amen. Um, you can stalk your exes. Um, you know, yeah, I, I just read a story in Genesis where, where Abraham, you know, Abraham has to release Hagar and Ishmael because Sarah said they need to be out of the house, right? And it, it broke Abraham's heart, but even God said, let her go. Let the baby go. I'm going to do something through Ishmael, but my covenant is with Sarai and, and, and Isaac, right? Abraham didn't have Instagram, right? He couldn't follow up on Hagar. So there's, once again, there's something there about the beauty and, and, and just let, letting, letting the word do it. So you need to know their interests. You need to know their goals. I'm going to write that down, their goals. So where are you going? What are your ambitions? Ambition is not evil. Um, ambition is a good thing. Um, you need to know if, if, if they like keeping a job. That, that, that's, that's something you don't want to get into. Because if you end up marrying them, you're going to have to bring in the bread on your own. So do they value work? Right. Work, work is actually a gift. Right. This is this is principle, guys. Here it is. OK. Um, what is their relationship with Jesus? This is principle above all things, not God. God, God can be a very general thing. Like God can be their bed. God can be that Netflix show. Because what gets what gets your attention and your time, that's your God. Right. But what is their relationship with Christ? Are they in love with Christ? Right? Are they in, and, and hear me out, especially ladies. I'm going to talk for real, for real. Don't think you have the power to change them. Don't, don't think as, as long as I can bring them to church and the preacher gets preaching and the worship gets going, maybe, maybe. I've heard few stories, right? Men, don't think you can change her. Right? Right? But you need to know, where are you with Christ? Where are you with, with Jesus? Not just God, but, but Jesus. What is their current financial situation? Go ahead and jot that down. Or, or what is their outlook? We, we all struggle. And I believe for all of you, you're going to come out of this struggle. You're going to step into margin one day. I believe that for you. But, but now, what is their financial outlook? Are they constantly swiping the credit card? Are they constantly in the red? You, you need to know... 
these things, okay? And, and when you're getting to know them, a few common places to meet, coffee shop, bookstore, church, you, you want to keep it in public. There's no reason to go behind closed doors. All right, number two, friendship first. Don't rush it. Friendship first. Don't rush it. Okay, and, and so um, right now in culture, cu- culture speaking a different language. Uh, Paul, Paul said to the church in Ephesus, he said that uh, those who, who don't know Christ are, are blinded, spiritually blinded by the prince of the power of the air. Right. right. And so that's another nickname for Satan. All right. And Jesus calls Satan the God, lowercase g, of this world. So he drives culture. Right. And so this is what the culture is saying. Once again, when God seems to be silent, this is what the culture is saying. And now we know who it's driven by. So the culture is saying, test, test the waters. Test the waters. The culture is saying, uh, we're together, but it's not guaranteed. We're together now. This is fun now, but it's not guaranteed. The culture is saying, spend the night. The culture is saying, be with whoever, whenever. The culture is saying, sleep with them outside of the covenant of marriage. The culture is saying, live with them outside of the covenant of marriage. The culture is saying, leave them when you're done. And this is not God's best for your life. And, and even if it all worked, because what the... the the temptation is to think, well, what if I marry him, Pastor? Then what? Well, in your singleness and in your dating, you're sowing bad seed. That even if you cross the line of marriage, it's going to come up eventually. So right now, we need to pump the brakes and redefine what, what this is, right? So, so here's friendship and singleness, okay? Y'all here? I just got a lot of bullets. I don't have a lot of stories, analogies. Y'all, y'all, okay, so here it is. Friendship and singleness is this. It's mutual affection between two people who have the potential, keyword, potential to become lifelong partners. Someone say potential. potential. So there's an affection. There's, there's a liking there. But the key is that we're in the potential phase when we're friends. All right. So potential means the ability to become. And and what you don't want to do when you're friends is you don't want to jump and get ahead of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You want to stay behind God. It's when the disciples got ahead of Jesus that he had to come walking on water to get them. Right. He had to do a miracle to get them. But when they stayed behind Christ and they waited on Christ, it just all fell in line. Right. So when we're friends, we, we don't there's something here. I'm feeling something. We don't want to jump this, though. Right. And, and what, I'm, what I'm someone say wisdom. wisdom. I'm, I'm giving I'm giving you wisdom. We, we had a sister um, in her in her 60s after the 830. She, she came around the corner because I was out there. She came around the corner. She said, Pastor, I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm so ready to meet my husband. now. I am. <laughs> I am so, she said, and she was walking downstairs as she said this, Brandon, you remember. I wish I would have knew these things when I was in my 20s. Okay. She said, Pastor, you are sa- they're, they're, you're saving those kids from so much heartache, yeah. right? Good. Someone say friendship. friendship. It's okay to be friends. Yeah. Friends can have dinner. <laughs> friends can have lunch. Yeah. You ain't got to reach across the table. And, no, no, no. <laughs> 
You ain't got to do that. Why? Put your hands together. Is this good? Come on. Put your hands together. No. And next week's going to be even better. The title of next week is Good Sex. It ain't what you think. Right? It's not just the act. It's God's. You get what I'm saying? It's always a play on words. Okay. But that's what it's called. Good sex. So get here, fill it up, and, and we'll, we'll make it through. All right. So th- this is why it's important. Because uh, in friendship, you have to grow in maturity. Um, the, the research has confirmed that anyone who gets married between the age of 18 and 25 um, there's a 50% chance that you will remain married past 10 years. If you wait to 25 plus, that jumps to 80%. So that, that saying there's a maturation. Like, we're friends, but I don't know who I am. Yeah. You don't know who you are. We know what we feel. Okay. We know what we're attracted to. Yes, right. We know what we like. Uh-uh. But we don't know who we are yet and we're trying to get to know him so I want to be I want to be your friend first okay and this is the thing when when you're friends I want to encourage my single people who who really have a yearning to be with someone God will speak and make things clear he will he won't he won't guide you out right he won't break your heart he will speak to you both and make things clear number three date with clear and common goals yes 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 Date with clear and common goals. Someone say clear. Clear. Say common. Common Common goals. Because this is the deal. Once we date, this is the natural step towards marriage. We're not testing the waters in dating. Once again, it goes back to that, that thought, right? Single, engaged, married. It's not single, trying it out, maybe so, maybe not, maybe so. It's single, engaged, married. So I want to help you redefine your paradigm around this and understand that getting to know them well is a safety filter. Being friends is a filter. Now we've agreed that we're together. The reason we're together is because the next thing you're going to do as the man is you're going to ask me to marry you. But we're not dating to figure it out. We figured it out in friendship. Right. 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 Okay. We figured it out in friendship. Right. Now we're together because I am yours and you are mine. We just got to wait to consummate it. That is the wisdom of God. Someone say wisdom. Wisdom. That's wisdom. So I, 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 I release you to get this tattooed right here on your heart. All right. I release you to get a tattoo. Here it is. Proverbs 4.23. This is vital. It says this here. Guard your heart above all else. That's right. Why, Pastor? For it determines the course of your life. What is this saying? Well, it's saying what I let in here and who I let in here will determine how I experience the world. Yeah. It's, that's another principal thing is whenever we're dating, I'm letting you in. You are mine and I am yours. So I got to make sure this is right and we're heading in the same direction. We're not just in it for the pleasure. We're not just in it for the company. We're not just in it for the status and the travels and I'm with somebody and I'm not alone. We're in it because we're on the same page. 
All right, so I need you to ask these questions, okay, um, for my single people who may be dating or, or I don't even know. Like, we just redefined our whole paradigm, so you don't even know if you're dating no more, right? So here it is. Here it is. All right, but you need to ask your significant other these three questions. All right, so number one, why are we dating? Why are we dating? Just ask, like, why? Uh, number two, what does it mean to be boyfriend and girlfriend? What does it mean? You may even want to ask yourself this, uh, each other in, in your marriage. Why are we married? If you don't feel it moving, fruitful. Number three, where is this going? Where are we going? We all have a friend or two that's been dating someone or been boyfriend and girlfriend for five years. Where, where are they going? That's right. Another trip. <laughs> Some of us know a few people who have been engaged for eight years. When are you popping a question, bro? Because I want to caution you. Okay, I want to caution. This is why. Because you don't want to waste your time or theirs. You don't want to waste your time or theirs. Right? I, I know people who have been in and out for 20 years, 25, 30 years. You've given yourself 30 years to somebody who y'all never defined the goals. And you never held him or her accountable for how they treated you. And they just took your presence for granted. And you let them do it for 30 years. Young people, let's, let's not do that. You need to give people like two years max and be like, something's not right. The second thing is don't mislead or be misled. This is why you're asking these questions. Because if you're not on the same page, one is being misled and one is misleading. So begin to begin to hold that accountable so God can can do a work. Okay. Okay. So so here's the deal. Okay. We know each other. The friendship is strong. I love you. You love me. The Lord has spoken. That's God's wisdom. And it says this here. Single people, I want to encourage you. Jeremiah 17, 7 says this. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord. Someone say trust. Trust. And have made the Lord their hope and confidence. God has a plan for you. God has a plan. And, and, and he, he, he's going to bless your life. And it's, it's going to be a good thing. Okay. Can we put our hands together for the single portion of this message? I, I study and I pray because I care. Yeah. And, and I know that correction doesn't feel good, but it is good. And so I, I hopefully I, I know I know some things are dipping into your spirit and you got some business to handle when you leave today. You got some texts and some phone calls to make. And God, God is going to do his work if, if, because Jesus said the truth will set you free. So, so don't, don't be comfortable with dysfunction. Get free. So, come on, get free so you can step into your future. Number one, single people lean into this because this is like future stuff. Okay, number one, uh, for, the, for the marrieds, prioritize and plan it out. Prioritize and plan out your dating. All right, all right so th- this is how this works. Okay, <laughs> when you're married, over time, career, kids, and responsibilities 
will naturally pull you apart. They just naturally. It's not the kid's fault, but the responsibility of having kids will naturally pull you apart. Pull you apart, and you become less intentional in your marriage. The key is to understand this: that the marriage is the nucleus of the family. And dating is the glue of the nucleus. So if you're not dating, the nucleus is falling apart. And the enemy's goal is for the marriage and the family to fall apart. So that those parents aren't present in the children's life of their children. So what what do we, we must prioritize married people dating. We, we, we can't allow the career, the kids, the boss, the, the drama, the bills, the this to get in the middle of dating. Okay, so, so let me give you some practical ways to plan it out. Okay, one date day a week. Go ahead and write that down. One date day a week. I want you to do a short trip per quarter. So it may be local, but do a trip overnight, two nights per quarter, and then do a long vacation once a year. Pastor Kyra and I, date day is Friday. We drop Judah off. We go and get some coffee. We go and get some breakfast. We might shop. We might do some work around the house. But we're just together. We're dating. Someone say dating. Dating. We're together. We're talking. We're laughing. We're enjoying each other. We're strengthening that glue. Okay? And then we'll do a short trip every quarter. And then, let me, let me, some of y'all got a little scared last summer. Because we, we were gone for a few weeks, and so we started to hear, are they ever coming back? Right, <laughs> Just let you know, we're, we're, we leave every summer for about five weeks, okay? And we, 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 we're somewhere up some beach. We're, we're offline. We're at a beach. We, don't want, we love y'all, but we got to get away, right? And so what we're doing is we're reconnecting, and we're strengthening our marriage for the ministry, for our children, and for each other. And you don't have to be pastors to do that. You don't have to have kids to do that. You just got to be intentional with it because it's the glue of your marriage. Number two, have fun and enjoy your spouse. Have fun. Have fun. Someone say fun. fun. Enjoy your spouse. All right. Wh- whatever happened to the fun you used to have before marriage? <laughs> what, whatever happened to it? Single people lean in now. Don't say this ain't me. Well, you want to be married. So keep this out in front of you, right? Whatever happened to that fun, right? If, if you're not careful, the, the concerns, the worries, the responsibilities can drag you down. And now that you have your prize, you're not enjoying your gift. So, so, so you, you got to make sure you're, you're, you're having fun. Like go to the movies and go on trips and, and still do the food and, and still laugh and still joke. and still You got to do the things that you did before you got married. You got, you got to, you got to keep that fresh. And I want to encourage you to remember this. Your spouse is still amazing. They're still amazing. Oh, she gave him a kiss. That is amazing. Can we celebrate this kiss over here? Look at him. He blushing. That's how my dad laughed. All shoulders. Like dad, like make a sound. Oh my God, I miss her. So your, your spouse is amazing. Let your hair down. There's a reason you married them. All right, there's something that attracted. And you have the job of keeping that guarded. If every day you're waking up complaining about them, 
Right. You, your words determine your, the world you see. So if they're beautiful, you'll see beauty. If they're fun, you'll see fun. If they're productive, you'll see productive. But if they're not in the mark, if they're lazy, if, if they're whatever, that's what you're going to see in them. You've got to have fun. Someone say fun. fun. This is the word of God, Ecclesiastes 8.15. So I recommend having fun. This is God. Because there's nothing better for people in this world than to eat, drink, and enjoy life. That they will experience some happiness along with all the hard work God gives them under the sun. Have fun. Your, your spouse is still amazing. Number three, put God at the center and promote peace in your marriage. Put God at the center and promote peace. Can I encourage you, married couples, on your date days before you go out, before you go on vacation, pray over your vacation. Slow it down. And pray that the blessing of God would rest on your date night. On your dinner. On your vacation. Pray that his favor and his blessing and his peace will rest on. I know I'm not spitting at you and yelling and preaching and and getting you all fired up. No, no, I ain't doing that. I'm telling you to pray for your spouse. To forgive them. To pray for peace over your dinner, over your breakfast, over your lunch. And then begin to pray for healing in your marriage on this date day. Some of my divorced people or single people are like, yeah, who have been in relationships. Because God is starting to cleanse them and get them right. And, and they're ready to get married again. You who have a spouse, you got that gift. Why spend $200 on a meal if all you're going to do is argue and sit there and look at each other? Pray for peace. Put, put God at the center. Pr- pr- promote, promote peace. Here it is. Don't allow, write this down, division and tension on date day. One day. Sabbath from drama. One day. And God will begin to remind you again just how great they are. It's how much you love spending time with them. Because this is the fact of the matter. They're trying and you're trying. They're scared and you're scared. They're tired and you're tired. So why don't we just get on the same team and pray and say, no division, no tension today. Lord, minister to us through this dinner, through this breakfast, through these shirts. All right. When she try on a shirt, I'm going to compliment her. When he tries on some pants, I'm saying, turn around, baby. Those look great. See? 2 Corinthians 13. This is Paul saying this about relationships once again to the church in Corinth. This is a whole series. Watch this. He says this. Be joyful. Grow to maturity. Encourage each other. Live in harmony and peace. Then the God of love and peace will be with you. So once again, put God at the center. Promote peace. Can we put our hands together for the word of God? Come on, everybody.